Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Outside the Sheds. I'm your host. You're in, I guess, hibernation shed Adamus. I'm Corey Jackson. And welcome to this week's episode. We uh, come, I guess, on a on a really big day in my life. I I, I lost a very very important friend um, by the name of Nora on this day, and it's her birthday. So I think what better way for us to to, to start a festivity uh, of remembrance than mentioning her? Uh, I I used to sit and uh, at the University of Texas baseball games, and uh, it. Uh, was one of the most important parts of my life um, as an adult male. So, um, Nora, thinking about you, uh, happy birthday. And again, this this episode goes out in honor of you and hook them. Shedheads, we talk about movement. We talked about family last week on this podcast. And, and we talk about this episode about movement. And it's official. Mitchell Pierce has begun that movement process. He's been granted his release by the Newcastle Knights and is now an official dragon from the city of Perpignan. He is an official Catlin dragon. He can now go over there and party with Sam Moa and the little badger himself. Uh, you all know who I'm talking about, Jimmy Maloney. You know, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Maloney and, and I think Mitchell Pierce sees that he has the opportunity to go down in history as being a first. Not something he could have done with the Sydney Roosters. Um, not something he could have done with the Newcastle Knights. But something that he can do with the Catlin Dragons, and that is to bring a Super League championship to the south of France. And I think that's going to motivate him. And and with the news coming down that, that Trent Robinson and the, the Chooks, the Roosters organization, are going to allow Mitchell Pierce to come home and to train with the with the Chooks for the next month for him to get in the best shape that he possibly can be in to go into uh, his his next season with his new club, the Dragons. And as we all know, uh, Robbo was the coach for, for, for the Catlins Dragons too, so he has a special place in his heart, and I can't think of a better guy to get Mitchell Pierce prepared and ready for this next step in his life. Um... Now this leaves the, the 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 Knights in a little bit of a dilemma because it, right now it doesn't look like Luke Brooks is on the way yet from the West Tigers up to the hunt up to the Hunter, but that leaves as I as I read this off to you Adam Clune, Tex Hoy, Jake Clifford, Phoenix Crossland, and possibly Kurt Mann to all battle for the Habs if they can't get a a, a Luke Brooks to come up from the West Tigers. You know, I don't know. There's 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 a lot of talk of, of a lot of shifting in the halves uh, that the Knights possibly may have to do, and that may even mean moving Kalen Ponga uh, into the halves. I, I don't know if we really know what Newcastle's going to do, but I think with, uh, you know, the eighth Immortal being up there now, uh, Joey Johns uh, and, and Danny Badiris there, there's going to be plenty of guys that will find the best combinations to make the Newcastle Knights run, I guess, as well as they possibly can. I don't think they know how important Piercy was for them. 
but I think they're going to find out quickly that he was a key, key cog uh, in their in their team the last three seasons. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Knights. I feel that the the Catlin Dragons are going to be uh, a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous team uh, in the Super League this coming season. So it'll be interesting to watch, and I'm uh, I'm excited to see where both teams go. Now, as we keep on this on this uh, I guess this episode of movement. The Tigers, the West Tigers. When was the last time we talked about the West Tigers making a major league coup? But they have. They've stolen. They've gone into the sheds and ripped out Isaiah Papali'i from the Eels on a major move, a three-year deal. Um, and and I think, now, we don't know who's going to coach him past this season because I don't think Madge will be there. Um, but at this current juncture, the Tigers are making some moves, and you know there's still all the rumblings that uh, that 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 Hodgson might be coming up from from the Raiders. I don't think we know if that's going to go down. They, you know, I keep hearing next tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, but it still hasn't happened officially. I think a lot of that has to do with them having a little bit of question about their other hooker on the on on contract right now, possibly having some legal problems. But besides that, I, I don't know if 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 he is really going to get up there. But that's a major, 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 major move for the Tigers. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if other stars follow suit there. Um, but I think the Tigers have to show that they are trending upward. And just getting one big name, even though, you know, we know Oliver Gilliard and, 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 and Jackson Hastings are big names. But, but... They have to get results in the field for, for players to think that this is a team uh, that they should have as a destination uh, or even give them the respect they deserve. Uh, we'll see if Tim Sheens' name being back with the Tigers can make a difference there. But that is a big move for Papali'i to go over there. Now let's continue that movement market. Dylan Walker, uh, a lot of people were questioning and what, what was the next step for Dylan Walker. And it looks like Dylan Walker signed a one-year extension to stay with Manley for this season. Um, he's a great utility player. I think we figured out that he's not going to unseat Kieran Foran and definitely not DCE in the halves. Uh, and he's not going to beat Turbo. Turbo's – no, you're not getting that. It's not the season. But you're not going to beat out Turbo in the fullback position either. So Dylan Walker's a great 14. I think he's going to play and, 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 and continue to contribute from that number. Uh, off the bench, but that's good for for the Sea Eagles to get Dylan Walker uh, nailed down with a one-year extension. Now, in a move that kind of surprises me, but I think is a brilliant move in their part, the the the, the Cronulla Sharks have found a way to lose Luke Metcalf. And I think if you watch any of the Cronulla matches last season after Sean Johnson got injured, one of the most fiery guys in the halves, the guy that looked like he had the most danger and strike from the, in the halves positions was Luke Metcalf. He is, he's a live wire. He, he's got a spring to his step. He's got a burst of speed. I think he is a player that you really have to watch that I think has a lot of upside. And I think that's why the Warriors were so much circling him and trying to get him in the middle of their crosshairs to bring him across to their club. I can't believe that the that 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 the Sharkies let him get away because I really think that he is going to be dynamic. But I think 
they have so many players there. And and with guys that are coming in now, I just think that you, you can't keep everybody. Uh, but I think this is a major coup for the Warriors because I think Luke Metcalf will do some pretty darn good things for the Warriors going forward. I know they don't get him until 2023, um, but Luke Metcalf, uh, I think, has the Warriors trending upward. Now, I'm a big fan of Gus Gould. I like Gus. Uh, I listen to his podcast, but I think there's no reason we can't talk about other people who have great podcasts. I like Gus's podcast. I think he's a little surly, a little bitter, but I I enjoy that. Um, But he has done some major moves since he's been uh, put in charge of the Canterbury Bulldogs. And he might have done his biggest coup to date by ripping Viliami Kikau out from underneath the Panthers' clutches and bringing him over to the doggies and it's a three-year deal starting in 2023 that looks like it's going to pay Viliami Kikau 800000 a season I think that's huge I, I cannot believe how the Canterbury Bulldogs who have been kind of simmering at the bottom of the bucket for quite a while are just lining guys up left and right I, I, I it, it's 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 fascinating but I, I can't, they're not going to have many excuses much longer about not being in the eight with the strike that they're getting coming over there. And, and then it makes you look at the Panthers, you know. They're having problems, just like the Eels have been recently. But, you know, the Eels don't have a premiership to show for, for their hard work. But, you know, their guys leaving Penrith, I don't want to say in droves, but they're losing some, some pretty key members. Uh, and, and so we'll have to see what, what this exodus means from, from the Eels and with the Panthers, but kudos to Gus and the, and the Bulldogs for getting Billy Ami kick out. That's, that's a big, big, big move and congratulations. And finally in our 40, 20, um, a coach that I really think didn't get the respect that he deserved. Um, and they say you never want to follow a legend, but. Adrian Lamb, I think, got shown the door for the for the Wigan Warriors a year after being the Super League Coach of the Year for 2020. And I thought that was really strange. And I don't want to say, I don't want to look into it too, too deep. I think you don't have to look that far to see possibly why this has occurred. But I'm happy he's landed on his feet. Now, he hasn't landed on his feet with a juggernaut, but Adrian Lamb has been, been signed as the new gaffer, the new coach for the Lee Centurions. And Chris Chester, who played with Adrian Lamb back in with Wigan about 20 years ago, um, has always been a fan, has always been a friend, uh, and, and, and it really jumped at the chance of getting Adrian Lamb to coach the Centurions. But I think that really shows that the Centurions are bought in and really feel that they can make a difference and be a force. Okay, maybe I shouldn't use the word force, but they are training in the right way. And whenever you can get a coach like that, a coach that shows that he is that he has got experience and that he can win, and then when you have a guy like Chris Chester who's been a name in, in, in Super League for such a long time, I think that you're going to see players finding it more comfortable to sign with the Lee Centurions. And that's when things start changing. When you start getting coaches that have history, when you start getting players that be, believe in those coaches, following them across. So really, really excited uh, looking forward to see what Adrian Lamb can bring to the Lee Centurions and see if he can get that ship going in the right direction. So as we pivot 
away from the world of rugby league and go over to on the mark and our AFL coverage. Um, we start with, I want to start positive, Shedheads. I think it's important to go positive. And we're going to start with grand final hero, Bailey Fritch, has signed to stay with the D's. He signed an extension to stay with the club till 2026. And I'm going to tell you something. You know, the Tigers had a hell of a run. Did I see how, you see how I threw hell of a run? We're talking about the D's. The Tigers have had a hell of a run winning their premierships lately. But I think that they are going to come up against the Melbourne Demons for a while. And I think that this is you're going to see these two teams battling for supremacy uh, for the next two to three seasons. Um, but I, I think it's always good when you see a club that fights to keep their stars in place. And right now, if you look at the roster for the Melbourne Demons, they're not losing a lot of players. They are not losing a lot of players. And they're coming back in the next season feeling pretty darn confident that they are by every means the favorite to repeat, but the favorite to do some real damage and maybe even get themselves a minor premiership going along with that trophy. So um, big signing, uh, but congratulations to Bailey Fritch to stay with the club that he loves uh, and to get an extension for quite a while. Um, now, as we look at clubs that do it the right way, then we have to sometimes pivot to clubs that don't do it the right way. And and after the gaff that the Gold Coast Suns did by somehow losing um, Hugh Greenwood um, in a botched move that cost him the place with their team and a move over to the North Melbourne Kangaroos, um, the Suns have saved a little bit of face by signing Took Miller on a five-year deal. And I think that's a big signing. I think that anytime you have a club that a lot of people are questioning and, and not sure which direction you're going in, when you can get a guy like Took Miller to, to, to sign, and not just sign like a year or, or a one-year, but a five-year deal, I think he likes the way that the club is trending and where they're trending towards. And, and hopefully they can actually give something back to Took Miller, not just in money, but in showing that they are ready to contend. Because how many years now have we heard year after year after year after year that the Gold Coast Suns next year, next year, next year, they're building, they're building, they're building. Well, we're going to have to see that soon and sooner than later. But uh, I think this signing to a five-year deal with Took Miller might be the beginning of that. So going to be interesting to see. Well, it's official again. A lot of official stuff breaking. Um, we don't have a lot to talk about right now with with the offseason of both the AFL and the NRL. But it has become official. Liam Jones has actually walked away from his career with the Carlton Blues and his AFL career, leaving about a million dollars on the table because he had two years remaining in his contract at 500000 a season, but over his belief in his stance of not being vaccinated. And no matter if I disagree with him, and, and a lot of people disagree with him, uh, that is his decision. And I respect somebody who has a belief that strongly that they're willing to leave a million dollars on the table. Hey, more power to him. More power to him. Uh, and if he believes that strongly in it, you have to do what you believe in. And it looks like at this time, Liam Jones has made that decision. And I have no problem with anybody who doesn't want to get vaccinated. It shows me kind of your character that you don't think about anyone else but yourself. But at the same time, if that is your belief... Go down with the ship, right? 
go down with the ship. And he has chosen to do that. And, uh, well, I guess he's going to have to find another way to make uh, $500,000 a year. Staying in the COVID front, Essendon Chief Executive Officer Xavier Campbell has tested positive for excuse me has tested positive for COVID, and I think this is really 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 uh, key to see. Um, he has been vaccinated, but like I tell people that I deal with in my everyday life, just because we've taken the needle and have taken our and gotten our vaccination shots and I've gotten my booster, it does not mean that that makes you, you know, bulletproof to COVID because that's not the case. What being vaccinated does is it just helps you fight the virus off easier and so you don't wake up with the tube down your throat uh, in the ICU. So, and, well, and that's just if everything breaks right. But he has tested positive. He's, he's doing well. He's in good health, I guess, besides having COVID. But he says that he is following the Victorian government guidelines um, and so far, we're not seeing any type of fallout with the club at this current juncture in time. So it looks like he's going to be on the mend and that that uh, that that Xavier is going to be OK. So um, keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully everything goes well. But uh, get well soon, Xavier. And, and hopefully the Bombers don't feel any lasting um, hits from this uh, COVID uh, invasion to the team. Now. As we close our outs on the mark and our 40-20, let's go outside of the bubble. And I almost have more to talk about outside the bubble than I did for the 40-20 or on the mark. But let's start off with champions. And the and Major League Baseball crowned their two MVPs for the National League and the American League. And those two winners are Bryce Harper from the Philadelphia Phillies in the National League, and Shohei Otani, the man that pitched and hit his way to greatness for the American League and the Los Angeles Angels. I think the crazy thing about both these guys being named the MVPs of the National League and the American League are neither one of them made it to the playoffs. They did all of their damage not even being on playoff teams. And I really didn't notice that Bryce Harper was having such a good season, but when I started looking at his numbers, uh, you know, he batted over 300, and and yeah, you know, and, and let alone, I think a lot of people have forgotten he got hit in the face in April. So to be able to turn that type of an injury and, and, and come back to get back in the box and have the season that Bryce Harper did, I think he shows you the type of player that he is. But I think that is a huge, huge, huge um, push for the game. And I think all of us knew, truthfully, to make the game international, it was important for Shohei Otani to get that, that, that MVP award for the American League. Uh, I think that him doing things that no other player has done since Babe Ruth uh, with pitching and hitting, I, I think it was a no-brainer that the man was the MVP for the American League. So... Congratulations to both Bryce Harper and Shohei Otani for their seasons. But hopefully these individual performances help lead to these two clubs making it to the playoffs next season for the Angels and the Phillies. Now, I don't know if you saw the Carolina Panthers game last week when the Panthers did the unthinkable and went into the desert and, and, and pistol-whipped the Arizona Cardinals in their own barn, or I should say their own nest, right? Right? 
But the big thing that came out of this this story or out of this game is let me see if I can do this right. I'm back. That's right. Cam Newton signaling with that term, I'm back, that he was back with his beloved Carolina Panthers. And with his first two touches of the ball, scored a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. And it now has been announced for hit for the Carolina Panthers next game, this Sunday, Cam Newton will take on his former coach, Ron Rivera, and the Washington football team as a starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And I, what a what what a crazy come home for Cam. A lot of people can't believe the Panthers who Cam was their identity, their their showpiece, their poster boy to let him go and now for him to somehow find a way to come back to the fold, come back to the den. I think it's a it's an incredible story. And I and I you know, and if you look at in how the teams now are faltering in in the NFC, you know, if Cam catches fire, the Carolina Panthers could ride this wave into a playoff berth. And it's going to be really interesting, really interesting to see. And I, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Uh, I'm a fan of Cam. I sometimes think Cam gets in his own way sometimes with what he does and how he portrays himself and, and how he's a little bit flamboyant at times, especially when things are going well and maybe not as flamboyant when things are not going as well. But I hope Cam does the things that I know Cam Newton can do and he gets the Carolina Panthers into the playoffs. I really do. I think that's going to be exciting to see. And I think he has the potential to do it. I'm saying he's probably the most healthy he's been for a while. I'm saying because he's been, you know, being able to rest. Uh, but and, and I've watched some of the footage that he's put of him training uh, when he hasn't been with the team. And he looks sharp. And if you looked at that touchdown pass he threw, he looked damn sharp uh, with that toss. So... Cam, I see you. You're back. Let's see what you can do this week against your old coach. Well, as we continue to talk about COVID and vaccines and vaccinations, for this week, I guess that maybe the game of the weekend, the Dallas Cowboys taking on Patty Mahomes, oh, I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chefs or Chiefs, depending on where you're from, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott's number one target has just been put on the COVID-19 list. So Amari Cooper will not be playing this weekend for the Dallas Cowboys. And the thing that always worries me when you hear about one player being added to the list is COVID usually doesn't just come and get one guy. So I'm interested to see if any other Cowboys between now and kickoff on Sunday get put on the COVID-19 list. And I think there's a possibility that we're going to see a few more Cowboys go on there. The Cowboys can't, how should we say this nicely? Well, I don't care about nice. The Cowboys haven't been the team that we would say have led from the forefront on getting players vaccinated. So when you have a lot of guys running around a a, a locker room that aren't vaccinated, it's kind of hard for me to think that only one guy is going to come down with COVID. So it's going to be interesting to see if if any more Cowboys go down this week. But you got to think the Chiefs are smiling about this. Let's get as many of those guys in that COVID list as possible to make our job a little bit easier on Sunday for the Chiefs in Arrowhead. And finally, outside the bubble, I'm trying to stay positive. It hasn't hasn't been a lot of stuff for me to stay positive about um, this week. 
with a lot of things that are going on in America right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching, no matter where you're listening to this podcast at, but it's been some some real troubling times, uh, and I don't see it getting any better anytime in the near future because things can't get better unless we acknowledge there's a problem. And for a large part of this country, um, acknowledging that there is trouble with the people inside this country uh, is the hardest thing that it will ever do. And I don't know if I've ever actually seen it admit that. So, um, But with me saying that, I want to stay positive and I want to stay with Steph Curry. Steph Curry is turning back the clock. I don't know if you saw last night. He scored 40 points. He scored 20 of those 40 points in the fourth quarter of their victory. The Golden State Warriors are 12-2. and two. They're only looking stronger. Clay isn't even back yet. I know we talked about them a little bit last week, but I watched them play the Brooklyn Nets and blow the Brooklyn Nets out two days, uh, three days ago, three or four days ago, whatever, Tuesday night. And they embarrassed the Brooklyn Nets on their own floor, so much so that Steph was getting chance of MVP on a foreign team's floor. And if you know anything about New Yorkers, New Yorkers do not cheer for opposing players. They don't. It's against their DNA. But Steph is so incredible that he turned a a hostile away crowd into a crowd celebrating him. And overshadowed Kevin Durant and the beard. I don't see Golden State faltering. And I know when we talk about this, when we talk about AFL and NRL, that we can't say that a team is unbeatable because we don't know if they're going to be able, how healthy they're going to be able to stay as the season progresses. But one thing I can tell you is that right now, with Andrew Wiggins playing defensive ball and offensive ball, with the gloves, Sun playing defensively and getting hops like I don't think his dad even knew anything about Gary Payton Jr. and Draymond being the captain of this ship I don't see the Golden State Warriors taking a step back Steph Curry is playing fun ball and if Klay Thompson comes back it just adds a little bit this team is a team that I think is going to do some real damage and I know they, a lot of people try to say that the East, the East, the East. I, I think right now it's the Golden State Warriors and everybody else, personally. I really do. I really do. So uh, congrats to Steph on that incredible fourth quarter uh, last night. Um, and again, Shedheads, we don't have tons to talk about. We're in the offseason. I do get excited that the camps have opened back up for the NRL. And we're seeing guys train. It's making me get back to training harder. So that's awesome. But I hope you guys have an incredible Thanksgiving if you're over here in America. Uh, I won't be talking to you shedheads until after the holiday. But I hope you guys have an incredible Thanksgiving. Uh, And if you don't live in America, you can laugh at America being fat again because that's what's about ready to happen. Uh, Americans are about ready to put on 5 to 10 pounds and probably carry viruses into uh, opposing households. Uh, or I shouldn't say opposing households, but other households, because travel is about ready to get insane over here in this country. So stay safe, Shedheads. And until next week, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. Happy Thanksgiving, Shedheads. This has been Outside the Sheds. I'm your host, Corey Jackson. And until next week, see ya. 
And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.